BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, this is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back to Note to Self. I'm sitting here with Sam Aberhart. She is the CEO and founder of the Mayfair Group, which I'm sure if you've been on social media, you've seen Mayfair before many a times. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for coming. I love that you are such a mental health advocate. It's literally in your bio on on Instagram that Mm -hmm. made my heart warm. I was just telling Sam about the Hot Girls Take Their Meds episode and just kind of my whole, I have a couple on anxiety depression. I have one called sex on antidepressants. Wow. We go, we go deep. We're we're really talking about it all. But first, before we start, because I didn't remember to do this with my guests last week, we're doing content corner. Okay. So is there anyone you are following any shows you're watching right now that you feel like you just need to share? Uh, I've lately, I've been doing this thing called intentional consumption with my content. Mm -hmm. So basically just for me, it's about manifesting. I've been writing and trying to like lean into my feminine energy and creating more. So even coming down to the people I follow, I've been so conscious about the content that I'm consuming. So I was telling Peyton, I'm on this like writer's kick of following some amazing, amazing writers. So Brianna Weist is like one of my favorite writers. She's wrote one of my favorite books. So people like her, Young Pueblo. I really love Rupi Kaur, like Mm -hmm. the, the poet. So I've just been really, really obsessing over writers and surrounding myself and hoping that like the more I consume, the more I'm inspired and learning yeah. from people that are doing it really well. So absolutely on that kick right now. Okay. And then show is succession. I just jumped on it. Yes. It's so good. I mean, people are obsessed with that show. Oddly enough, I cannot get into it. You can. Every time I watch it, like I can't pay attention. It is. It is pretty like you have to pay attention. You have the to. The whole time. It's one of those you can't easily watch yes. it. But and it's about yeah. my alley. Like, I, that's like my yeah. genre of things I like to watch. But I just, for some reason, I can't get into it. It is a long one. But I'm, yeah. we're like, me and my husband are like, we needed to like sink into something really deep. So mm-hmm. that's our show right now. We're super obsessed with it. You're inspiring me to like restart. Because I feel like everyone loves it now. Because I know there's something, something big happened a couple of weeks ago and everyone was freaking out and there was a whole thing. And I feel very left out of the conversation. I mean, I'm sure. Did you watch The Last of Us? That show yes. is so good. That so was, good. We finished that and we were like heartbroken after. So we were like, all right, we need something like really intense yes. to get into. I also was a little bummed by the ending yeah, of season too. one. It was like, yeah. It was kind of boring. We were like, is that 
that's it. That's yeah. over. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So we're like well behind everybody on succession. We're on season yeah, yeah. one right now. So keep you posted. I'm, but I'm inspired. I want to hear inspired. what are you watching right now? So I'm watching Tulsa King. Okay. So Tulsa King was created by the guy who created Yellowstone. Oh, okay. and I was like, this is going to be weird. It's about like a mobster who has to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, like it's like relocated there after prison or something and creates like this new life for himself. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, this is not going to be my thing. Like, yeah. it's just going to be some kind of like cowboys, you know, gun violence kind of thing. But it's actually so fucking good. And oh. I binged the entire first season and I don't know when the second season's coming out. So I'm like, actually like. I think about it once a day, at least, oh. that I'm so sad about Tulsa King being over. Oh, I have to add that to my list. It's so good. So I'm yes. like, we love that kind of it stuff. It is so good. I kind of dropped off watching Yellowstone mm -hmm. at the end. It got a little bit boring. But the mobster. The, the mobster. King, I'm actually obsessed. Yeah, I'm yeah. hooked. Um, <laughs> in terms of who I'm following on Instagram, I kind of do the same thing that you do. I don't really like... I don't know. I unfollow a lot of people yeah. or mute a lot of people. The mute yeah. button's my favorite tool. I kind of just try to protect my peace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I like that you said you're leaning into your feminine energy because I just did an episode with my friend Pia talking about her leaning into her feminine energy in her marriage. I love that. Making her feel like a little more like like independent yes. and like kind of, we called it being single while she's married. I love it. But she's like, it just allows me to be more relaxed and like yeah. receptive. Some people were not into that episode. They said it was like very gender Mm. normalized mm -hmm. but I also took time to be like y'all this is just what I enjoy I yeah. like leaning into my feminine energy you don't have to do that yeah I lean into my masculine with work which I'm sure you do too like All you just time. you yeah. have to but there's a difference between being like man and woman and the masculine energy and the feminine energy because totally. we have both of them totally but I love that you say that also Young Pueblo was on an episode of Almost 30 podcast mm. and it's like way back I feel like a couple years ago because I was binging their podcast mm. and his episode was so fucking good. He's amazing. He's so intelligent. He's talking about relationships. I was like, damn, this guy, he gets I just, it. I read his book, his book that he just put out about healing and it was mm -hmm. incredible. Really? And he really spoke like, you know, a lot of his stuff is a lot of stream of consciousness or poetry or just like he writes like just little excerpts that a lot of us see on the internet. But mm -hmm. he wrote a book about his story and he battled addiction and yes. had a lot of mental health challenges. And so it was just so insightful to hear his journey from where he started with addiction all the way to creative outlets being like a coping mechanism through him, for him through mm -hmm. his healing journey to writing this book on healing now being on the other side. And it was just such a beautiful book. So yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. Work. That was such a good episode. You'll have to go just search it on Spotify or something like Young Quiblo, Almost 30. Also, I got an email. So Dear Media picked up this show called Creeps and Crimes. Ooh. And it's like, creepy accounts of like just ghosts and stuff as well as crimes or they just did one okay. this week on like the anthrax whole thing that happened like yeah. back in 2001 yeah so they cover a lot of different things and mm -hmm. I've been trying to remove like full crime podcasts from my life just <laughs> because I like was binging them so much for like years and then I found myself being afraid and now I live Fair alone and I'm like <laughs> yeah. oh my god I'm gonna die but I started listening to creeps and crimes because I saw your media pick them up and then we we're gonna do like a podcast swap and it is so 
good. Ugh. You'll have to go listen to Creeps and Crimes. In the beginning, they say this thing, like they have like a uh, intro they always say, and they go creeps and crimes. And sometimes in my house, like I'll be alone and just be like creeps and crimes. Like <laughs> it just like so catchy. I don't know. So they do a lot of like paranormal stuff, mm. which I think is fun. I'm a Scorpio. I, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love the dark. It's can so, I cuss? Yeah, I you can cuss. Okay. Can cuss. I love the dark shit. I'm like, that is like speaks to my soul. So. We will get along because I'm a Capricorn. Oh, and that's yes. just always my friends yeah, are always Scorpios. Yeah. We just we get it. There's something we get about each other. Yeah. We, we love the dark stuff. It's like scary. I have it's to limit scary. it because I will get paranoid also. But yes. I venture. So it's I will some, there's something I don't know, like uh, satisfying about it, mm-hmm. like murder podcast, because I, I know the ending, like I know what's going to happen. Yeah. That's my thing with like scary movies. I don't like thrillers or like jump scare stuff because I'm like, I don't know how this is going to end. Supreme. And it gives me anxiety. Yes. But if you're just telling me a story about how I already know, you know, I already know how this ends. Yeah. We're, we're good. We're all it. good. Oh, my God. So Creeps and Crimes. Love that, too. That's pretty much all. I feel like I usually have some kind of niche TikToker that I follow, but mm-hmm. not this week. Yeah. I'm no, honestly just week. really, like I said, I've been really intentional. The social media detox thing. Yeah. I did that recently mm-hmm. and just been really, really focused on following people that are expansive energy to me. Mm-hmm. So like advocacy space I've been following like so many more people in the mental health space and more writers like, yeah just kind of like bringing in the energy that I want to put out so I mean I'm literally going to go through your following list and get some inspiration because <laughs> I need some, some people really like that people. yeah this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself In the last few months, I've really been focusing on looking inward and prioritizing myself, as I'm sure y'all can tell, because taking care of me helps not only myself, but my friends, my family, and my audience as a whole. When I can show up clear-minded, healthy, and in tune with myself, everybody wins. Y'all know this is something I'm big about here on Note to Self, hence the name of the podcast, Note to Self. I want us all to take care of ourselves as if we were a loved one. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Therapy is an incredible way to learn positive coping skills, to learn how to set boundaries, and overall become the best version of yourself. I first started therapy when I was in college, and it's allowed me to learn and acquire new skills and tools to keep in my mental and emotional toolkit for when life gets chaotic, messy, or overwhelming. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, which is super important for all of us out there, especially as summer approaches and we're traveling and all the things. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. This is huge because finding the right therapist for you is so key. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash note to self today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash note to self. Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Erica. We're the hosts of A Thing or Two. We are professional enthusiasts constantly on the hunt for the products, books, and trends that should be on your radar. And we share them with you every Monday, whether it's marinated olive oil that we're putting on everything, a deep dive on pillows, or the fact that suddenly gas stoves are on everyone's outlist for 2023. We challenge the friends we invite on the show to bring their own favorite thingies too. Like when Ellen Van Dusen spilled about the IG account that's keeping her current with the youths. We also love a gift guide. We take listener questions, Dear Abby style, and tell you what to get your vegan minimalist co-worker or your sister-in-law who loves to hunt. So be sure to listen and follow A Thing or Two with Claire and Erica wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so let's chat about kind of how you got started because I was listening to a couple different podcasts you were on and 
I thought it was so interesting hearing you talk about your life in corporate mm-hmm. world and then startup, I believe you said, mm-hmm. before Mayfair and kind of Mayfair was born out of a deep depressive episode. Yeah. Can you kind of walk us through that first, you know, the initial job search for yourself and kind of like you bouncing around and why? Because we talk about that a lot on Notes of Self about like mm-hmm. your job not being linear sometimes mm-hmm. like you kind of are going to bounce around and move around yeah. as opposed to generations prior where they would stay the same job for like yeah. 30 years <laughs> totally. I think that's very interesting and I get a lot of questions about career and stuff when we do advice columns every month so I feel like it's a good topic to hit on yeah so can you just tell us our story well I, I grew up in London just like backstory and was born there lived there and then my parents my dad had like an opportunity to move us all to the states so we like were first generation Americans basically okay. moved to the states my parents met at a nightclub in Mayfair like the nightclub was called Mayfair and that's where the name to oh the brand my came god from. that's They've so been beautiful for 35 years so okay. it's just my little like ode to them in London and kind of my childhood and stuff but yeah just grew up in Atlanta Georgia very like grew up, went to school. I started experiencing depression and anxiety, I think when I was in high school, Mm -hmm. but it became really bad when I was in college and kind of like started progressing. And the craziest thing was, I think you don't, a lot of us don't really have the tools to navigate what we're going through at that age. And also when I was navigating it back then, like mental health was such a stigmatized topic. Mm -hmm. It still is, but it's obviously gotten better. And so I just ran away from it and I just dove into every single possible thing I could figure out that was an unhealthy coping mechanism from putting myself in social situations that I didn't even want to be a part of to the people I identified with to like putting everything into my work. Like Mm -hmm. I just like became obsessed with things as a way to escape my own mind. And that went on for like probably eight or nine years. I built this amazing career in fashion. I was working for this company called Wild Fox. I was Mm -hmm. like, head of sales for them, had worked my way up from being an intern and just like really like hustled and worked really hard in the fashion industry. But I just kept feeling empty and I kept coming back to this kind of problem of I was navigating all these internal issues, but couldn't identify what they were. And I would go to doctors and they would like tell me like, you might have anxiety, like you keep having panic attacks. And I was like, no, 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 there's something like wrong with my body. Like, I just didn't accept yeah. it. You're like, I my heart want... is like, yeah. something's happening with my heart. I was like, no, I'm sure that like, I'm lacking in something. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, you need like medication. And mm. I just did. I was not in the space where I could even come close to navigating it. And I think we have to give ourselves so I tell people this all the time, give yourself grace in what you did during survival chapters of your life. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I was never in the place to even like look at therapy or go to therapy. I also know therapy is expensive. It's not something that's accessible for people. So it's not like we just have all these tools and everybody's like, here's how you heal and you just do it. It's such a complicated, nuanced sub like topic. Mm -hmm. And so I worked in corporate fashion, worked my way up and again, just was navigating all these mental challenges. And then in 2016, my husband and I had moved to Arizona. We had got married Mm -hmm. and we relocated there because that's where his work was. And the crate, I mean, the the thing about depression, and you'll know this, is that when you get to these moments in life that are crossroads in life and these things that you've used as coping mechanisms, whether it be identity or career, those things all of a sudden are gone. Mm -hmm. You almost come to this like crashing halt of having to like face what you've been running away for for years. Yes. (laughs) And it was eight years of my life of running from it. In 2016, it came like crashing down because Mm -hmm. we moved. I left 
all my family, all my friends, my job. I was in a new marriage in a state that I didn't know anyone. Mm -hmm. I had no job at the time, which I used as an identity like builder for me. That was a coping mechanism for me. I just like that was who I was, was like what I did. Mm -hmm. And that's how I defined my worth and who I was and all those things. So to be in this space where I was like in a new state with no job, no friends, nothing, and everything was stripped away. I had to like face everything that I was navigating and it was really dark, like mm-hmm. really, really dark. How did you face that? Like, is there anything that you were doing? Or was it was it just it came like crashing down on you and you were just kind of like, yeah, what the fuck's going on? It came crashing down. Like okay. it was really bad for a while. I would stay in bed for like months. I guess during that time, I realized how bad my depression was and I realized that I needed help mm-hmm. and I needed medication. I needed to like see someone. I needed like a lot of help. And it was just the first time I was able to like say the words out loud. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, the words didn't even it was I like disidentified with it. I, I just kind of was like. And then it almost is like depression's wild because you go through these phases of like, then it consumed me. Like, that's all I was. That's all I felt like I was. I let depression define me for so long. But during that time, basically, as I was navigating that, I would get on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And in 2016, that was the era of like the altered reality era of Instagram. It was like everybody was living their best lives. And Mm -hmm. I was in bed for weeks at a time. So clearly it, it was horrible. It was like felt like the most dangerous place in the world to be. And so. I would stay up at night with horrible sleep anxiety and I kind of ideated a community where people could feel seen and understood for who they were. Mm -hmm. And we would talk about mental health and I would talk about depression. I just I just thought there needed to be this place on the Internet where we talk about the things that mattered that I felt like nobody at the time was talking about on the Internet. And so that's basically where I ideated. The Mayfair group was kind of Mm -hmm. during that process. And it just started as more of a creative agency with like we would put all this positive content out. Yeah. And then it just started evolving. But it all really stemmed from like that that kind of like dark space that mm-hmm. I was in and headspace and really just not feeling like I belonged anywhere when I would get online and kind of see that there was no one talking about yeah. and mental health and all these things. So you created what you needed. Yeah. And it also came from inspiration came from like a negative experience. Yeah. Which I mean, is literally everything like every song ever written, every book ever written every piece of art has always come I feel like it's birthed from some kind of like quote tower moment or like horrible time yeah it's interesting that you say you were running away and like Mm -hmm. hiding in your work and stuff because that's how I've always been too like productivity is king so Mm -hmm. like I've always been doing everything really fast and like I don't want to think about it too much I just want to you know get things done I love my to-do list I love I'm very type a and I'm the firstborn child of a military family oh my god so like it is and I'm a Capricorn, like in like eight houses or something. Like it's literally like she's insane. Yeah. Um, and so I hid for so long behind productivity. Yeah. I always knew there was something wrong with me. Like I always knew from a young, young age, I've had some serious mm-hmm. anxiety and depression issues, which depression, I've heard it defined a lot as kind of seeing the world exactly how it is, like mm-hmm. very clearly mm-hmm. to the point where it could be like horrible for you. Like yeah. you kind of need to put on a little bit of a rose colored glass a little bit when it comes to that but my anxiety depression runs in my family so every there's every generation you can see someone that has it Mm -hmm. most often it's the most productive member of that generation yeah but lately I had my friend Anna Grace on and she does like Akashic Records reading she's like very spiritual she has a great podcast called AG University but she came on and she was like your reading and your like higher self or whatever I'm picking up on is telling me that you need to slow the Mm -hmm. fuck down. Mm-hmm. You need to slow down. I just went through a breakup. 
Mm -hmm. I you need to face everything at once because you can't keep running like this Mm -hmm. anymore. But depression, honestly, having it taught me that from a relatively young age. Like I would just sit with my depression and be like, okay, this is happening. But I would also let it define me. Yeah. And now I'm more of a position where like I know it's happening. Yeah. One, I'm medicated. Yeah. Thankfully, that's very helpful. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then two, I I have removed myself. I guess I've removed it from me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, okay, that's just the depression. That's just my brain kind of playing a trick on me. Yeah. And I have to remember who I am. Yes. Which is incredibly difficult so when feelings are coming up that you just are trying to avoid. Yeah. Because the feeling and you're like ner- regulating your nervous system, all of that is just so difficult, but you can't know how to do it until you like stare it straight in the face. Yep. You have to face it. And I always tell people, I say, even though depression will be a part of me, it will never define me. Yeah. And that's like part of the healing process is learning to understand that you might navigate this thing your entire life, whether mm-hmm. it's OCD disorder, or like bipolar disorder, or depression, whatever, whatever it is that you navigate, but that will never define you. Yeah. And no matter what your mental health illness is, it will always be a part of you and it'll never define you. And people are always like, does it get better? I'm like, it doesn't get better. It gets easier to navigate. It does. Because yeah. you learn the tools, mm-hmm. whether it's medication, whether it's therapy, whether it's like you have your own toolbox that you go to that you know you can go to when you're feeling like you're having a panic moment or a depressive episode mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, it never gets better. It just gets easier. Like yes. you you learn how to like live with it. And I think that's just, yeah. And I think in, as human beings, we just love to identify with things. I was about to say, it's almost hard to not identify with it because it's yeah. almost comfortable to do it. Like once yes. you've lived that story, like I am depressed story, yeah. it's kind of difficult to be like, wait, okay, that's yeah. not you. Like it's just, it's what you've identified with for so long. Yeah. So it's almost like hard to let go of, of something negative. Yeah. You don't even e- want it. Even <laughs> but, when you were saying the rest and productivity thing, it's like one, I feel like, I want you to prioritize rest as much as you do productivity. And Mm -hmm. I know you are probably like very much so working on that. But what's hard is like the world values these things from us. So we're taught that like if you work really hard and you have a really great job, you'll be valued by the job title that you have or the money that you make or like Mm -hmm. how hard you work. And so it's almost like counterintuitive of like learning to value the things that are meaningful to you or to like create a balanced, more peaceful, intentional life versus the things that the world values us by. And so you almost have to learn that like your identity is not all of these things that the world are going to tell you every single day, your productivity, your job, your career, your money, like all these things that like they tell relationship status are like what you are valued by and Mm -hmm. to really work on the things that actually make you feel good and learn those to be kind of like your mechanisms for success. Like, yeah, absolutely. And I, I like my tip for that is that I've, I learned really early on that I tell everybody in my life what I want to be congratulated on. Mm-hmm. So for me, rest, You're communicating, yeah. Uh, like okay. presence, yeah. you know, presence was one for me because I was, I, I, again, struggle with toxic productivity mm-hmm. and I'm sure we could talk about that forever, but I really wanted the people in my life to acknowledge me when I'm being present and not when I've had it. I mean, they do, they do acknowledge me for moments, but at the same time, everybody acknowledging just when I'm successful in my career plays into a toxic narrative that I'm wanting to work away from. Okay. That is so self-aware of you, first of all. And the communication is, I mean, strong. (laughs) So I tell, and my my best friend's here, but Mm -hmm. I tell everybody in my life, acknowledge me when I'm being present. When I'm the most present, text me and say, 
I'm so proud of you today. Like when we hung out, you were the most present you've ever been. Mm-hmm. Or when I'm around my family, they'll call it out. They'll congratulate me on it. That's and so, so awesome. I really work to like have my circle congratulate me on the things that I'm wanting to instill in my life mm-hmm. versus the things that the world values me by. Absolutely. And when you talk about starting Mayfair in like 2016, I feel like that moment on Instagram, not only was everyone perfect and you know, looked perfect and acted perfect. They were all, everyone was busy. And the glorification of being busy was huge. Like we were all trying to prove like, I have a job or like I'm doing something. And now I feel like, and it kind of goes along with the whole feminine energy thing for me at least, has been to lay back and rest. And I have been working on it so much. I like my schedule is, I mean, I get up and go to my workout at 10 in the Mm -hmm. morning. We're not getting up too early over here. Yeah. And then I came here and I will record some ads today. And that's pretty much my entire job. And you know, me two years ago would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you need to do X, Y, and Z things. And now I'm just like forcing myself to like go lay in my little sauna blanket that I got Mm -hmm. and relax. Put my Dennis Gross mask on and just like, now I can't watch Tulsa King because it's over, but you know, watch a show. (laughs) Like (laughs) prioritize rest like we do productivity. Mm -hmm. I'm like, again, those are things that are essential to you being successful, you Mm -hmm. growing, you feeling good at like in what you're navigating. And I feel like, yeah, it's just like normalizing that and being, again, asking the people around you to acknowledge when you're doing it and congratulate you on doing it. And like such a good tool, even scheduling it. Like when I first started, I had to like schedule blocks for I know this sounds like crazy. I I had to schedule blocks for like, (laughs) yeah, like take time off, go on a walk, like, you know, just not working Mm -hmm. and or play really like I'm trying to prioritize play so much. But again, that's Again, moving into the feminine energy, rest and yeah. play and reception. And honestly, better things are coming to me that, than ever before. Yes. And I feel like I'm more successful work-wise now than I was when I was trying to force things. Totally. And it could just be where I am in my career. But I think that one thing being in a relationship taught me was to slow down because yeah. he, my ex, was, he has a cool job and he like works really hard. But like when he goes home, he lays down yeah. or he plays video games. And I was yeah. always like, what do you like? We first started living together. I was like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. let's let's go. He's like, I worked already. Like, I don't yeah. need to do this. And I was like, you know what? That's one great thing I took from that relationship or that kind of started me off with that. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved in by myself, I have all this free time and I'm just like, you know what? You should take advantage of the free time. Mm-hmm. Don't add more work. And there's a reason, like you said, that you're putting out the best content and mm-hmm. you feel like what you're putting out is intentional because Very intentional. when you are like able to rest and you feel more expanded, you're able to like ideate more, be more creative, mm-hmm. lean into that feminine energy. So, yeah, I think it's just so important. But but yeah, that's something that's like really helped me. And and honestly, I to this day, everybody around me like mm-hmm. does that for me because that's amazing. Yeah. It also feels very unnatural at first. resting. Yeah. <laughs> like it feels very uncomfortable. Totally. I'm kind of getting out of the uncomfortable thing because here's kind of my issue. If I rest too much, then I'm like, am I getting depressed again? Mm-hmm. But if I don't rest enough, then the anxiety is kicking in. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of having to ride this like line to like It'll figure balance. it all out. Yeah. But that's just listening to yourself. No, you know, so true. So you're so talking so a lot about being intentional, which I yes. love. So when it came to building Mayfair, what what role did that play? How did you make sure you were being intentional in every step of the process of building? Ooh, it was a journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like what's I can say really honestly now is that when I first started Mayfair, I was depressed as fuck. Like I ventured into starting a business probably in the worst headspace that I probably could venture into starting a business. And anytime someone asks me like what leadership I have Mm -hmm. advice I have, it's to heal. Okay. Because 
the wounds that you don't heal will stifle the culture that you're trying to build. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, the pain of what you're navigating, if you don't heal it, will start to infiltrate into what you're creating. Yeah. And it's why we have very unhealed leaders in the mm-hmm. world today in powerful positions and doing things like we just need more people that are healed in, mm-hmm. in those positions to be able to speak to the human experience and what we're all navigating to show compassion when people show up to work and they're having a really hard day or a mental health day or that, you know, they come up and they're struggling. And so I think for me, I was in such a like unhealed position that at first I feel like I just wasn't the best in terms of being able to run the company. Like things that would happen were so emotionally tolling on me. Mm-hmm. Like if something happened, it would just like set me off and I would like, you know, I would cry about it for two yeah. weeks and like everything felt like it was really personal. And, you know, I was working crazy hours and probably people saw me working crazy hours and were like, am I expected to work crazy hours? Yeah. And so, well, you were coping. You were using those was, coping mechanisms. Yeah. And, and I think that like I can be really honest and just sit here and say that like I've been able to put in a lot of work and become a better person and in return, a better leader. Mm-hmm. But I think that like, you know, I had to go through that healing journey and it was kind of simultaneous to building Mayfair. And so I think as I started going through that journey, I realized that like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? Like all these things I'm wanting to build in terms of a culture, like I need to heal in order to like really amplify this messaging internally mm-hmm. and, and what I want to do. So I started going through, obviously at the time I'd been doing therapy and stuff, but I realized like the root of my toxic productivity and like yeah. the root of all these issues. And so I started addressing them. And then in return, I feel like Mayfair just started to like massively grow. And then everybody started to enjoy coming to work. But mm-hmm. in the first year, I think it was really, really hard because I was trying to build this business, but also navigate like severe depression. And yeah. it just was a really like hard position to be in. Well, it's weird because it did save you. Like the yeah. thing is, like you were able to use it as a coping mechanism, but yeah. then it almost acted like like in a relationship, how your, your partner's your mirror, like mm-hmm. your your company is your mirror. It's going to mm-hmm. show up as you. Yeah. Which is a really interesting tool to lean on. And then yeah. it's interesting, obviously, the more you work on yourself, yeah. it just naturally becomes totally better. And I think I always I love having things like that in my life. Like I mm-hmm. feel like my work is usually a reflection of how I'm feeling. Yeah. Even if I'm not feeling good necessarily as long as I'm just like honest and showing up and having those conversations especially having a podcast it's really easy to literally have the conversation but I feel like everything in my life just gets better once you're actually like tapped in yeah which doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you need to be completely healed all the time it just means you need to be trying totally it's a lifelong journey yeah like I always every single day I'm like I can you know I can wake up and feel a certain way and I'm on this journey forever and I know Mm -hmm. that like there's days that I wake up and I'm like not the best Sam. And then there's days that I wake up and I'm always trying to like live in my highest power. But like it's a lifelong journey. Like yeah. every day is different. But yeah, I mean, I think with Mayford too, like we were very intentional from the start in terms of the messaging. And I was really like involved in making sure that the messaging came out the way that I wanted it to that helped people feel less alone because mm-hmm. I was obviously navigating that. So it was something yeah. that like we really put an emphasis on on from the start. And I think what really helped me for also too, was that we didn't have products. The entire premise at the beginning was we were a creative agency, but we really wanted to put out this content to help people feel less alone, mm-hmm. to talk about the human experience, to be this positive corner on the internet. And we grew this amazing community. Mm-hmm. And I always say to people, community first, brand second. That's the like rules that we live by at Mayfair, because 
we had this community before we even ever launched products. Yeah. And so we had these people that just believed in what we were building. And it it wasn't until people started requesting sweat sets. We've only yeah, yeah. sold products for three years. It's kind of wild. People are like... I remember when it all came out because Mayfair was one of the first brands I followed, like oh brands, gosh. agencies that I followed on Instagram because I was like in Texas and I had moved out here to LA to intern for a little while. Yeah. And I went back. This was like 2016-ish. And I remember like, probably like 2017 after I moved back out here, I was like, oh, this is a cool brand. And like oh. everyone was kind of jumping on the Mayfair train then. Yeah. But I also obviously during 2020, like that was on everyone's story. There was a Mayfair repost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something yeah. We, was happening. We launched products in, in 2020, which was mm-hmm. wild. That was like a crazy year to say the least. But but yeah, it's just like for us, it was about cultivating community. And mm-hmm. still, it's very much at the heart of like what we do. So even though I was on my individual journey, all the messaging was so intentional. And I mean, we've had the most amazing team throughout the years that have really like, I always give them the credit to the success because mm-hmm. honestly, like without our PR girl, Lauren, like you wouldn't see half of, you wouldn't see any of the press hits that you do yeah. with our, our COO, Devin, with our web team, like creative directors. So like they really are, like the team is really who I credit to the success of Mayfair, mm-hmm. but everything is intentional. Like the messaging comes from things that we all navigate and we show up to social meetings and we're mm-hmm. like, what's everyone like navigating this week? And that's how like the Instagram posts are curated. Like it's all through human experience. That's so interesting that you say that one because, okay, we're rewinding. I just had some of my friends on. They own a company called Daily Drills. Okay. It's two women and they, you know, we're talking about running business like a woman does yes. versus this, you know, a little bit more of a masculine approach that you've always seen in business. Yeah. And they said that the reason they're still best friends and running a business together is because they get up and get in the office every morning and they say, okay, what's your headspace like? What are you working through? Can you show up how you need to show up today? Because they need to make sure that everyone's in the correct headspace. Yeah. And if you're having a bad day, go home. You know, we don't need to have bring it into the office if you can't show up how you, you know, want to show up. And I've heard that a couple of times from various female leaders. Mm -hmm. I also have a friend named Kareen and her and and my friend Iman. Kareen started We're Not Really Strangers. Mm -hmm. And my friend Iman has been like a number two forever. And sometimes they'll text me and Iman will be like, hey, what's going on in your life this week? Like, we need some inspo. (laughs) And like, they just go off of what, you know, it's a feelings-based business, which I feel like is so nice to see women in positions of power like this Mm -hmm. running really successful businesses based off community and getting right within your community and sharing like more vulnerable feelings. Mm -hmm. And these businesses are fucking killing it. Yeah. Which I feel like is rare and kind of new to the space as women come in and take charge of things, you know? I like idolize Karina. I love what she's built so much. She's killing it. They're amazing. Yeah. And I feel like they've also just massively shifted the internet in such a big way. And Mm -hmm. I just have so much respect for people that are doing it in that way. And like, I admire so many of those people. But yeah, I think it's it's tough because you have to remind yourself, especially when you're seeing a lot of growth, you have to remind yourself, like, why did I start this? And mm-hmm. I have to remind myself all the time to, like, step outside of the masculine business energy yeah. and get back to, like, the, the impact intention energy mm-hmm. that, like, this is why we started. And so, you know, I, me and Dev, my COO and also my, like, co-owner, we, like, have these discussions all the time where we'll just be like, we're not chasing growth. We're chasing like having an impact and building a legacy brand at the end of the day, building a legacy. And so, you know what, like who cares if like we don't whatever double year over year, because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day for us, it's like, 
We just want to create an impact. That's yeah. genuinely it. And I feel like the world's metrics of success aren't our metrics of success. Yeah. And so I don't know, like even people will send me articles and I'm like, I love you. Thank you for sending me that. But send me entrepreneurs that are making a difference. Mm-hmm. Those are the, the articles I want to read. Absolutely. Because that's like what I want to cultivate. And that's what I want to be known for. And that's what I want Mayfair to be known for and stuff. So that's who I want to follow on social yeah, media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think it's just, again, people like Kareen, like I feel like it's just that you get to decide what is your metrics of success in mm-hmm. business, how you lead your own business in business. And I think that like, you know, we we get sucked into like adapting to the world standards. But mm-hmm. like you can redefine that at any point in time and show up and do it the way that you want. Yeah. And well, like you've said, for your own personal self. Yeah. It's the same thing for business. Totally. So what do you guys have like defined metrics of success right now? Like what are your metrics of success? We honestly, we we look a lot of just like community and impact and just mm-hmm. like those are kind of two huge metrics. Like this year has been a big year for community for us. How can we create a Mayfair IRL moments for people to be able to like engage with the brand in real life? So you're going to see a lot more of that, yeah. which is exciting. I think that's coming up for, I mean, I went to like some kind of talk like two years ago and yeah. I remember one of the trend forecasters was talking about how there's going to be more in real life yeah. events because people are, we just are Great chronically event. online yeah. and we need connection Human which connection. we're also like we're almost going like backwards in yep. time with that kind of stuff i also had uh, my friend robin on she's girl boss town on tiktok yes and she was like i was asking her pr moves for me because i have a very small like a not a small audience but like a smaller more robust audience com- in comparison to other influencers that i yeah. know a lot of it is because of podcasts because i come in here and share my life but she was like because your audience is like that you need to meet them in real life yes. because you want to keep that kind of i mean everything i do i want it to be intimate that's why i chose like for example, the studio we're in right now, there's mm-hmm. two other studios, Dear Media, that I don't usually film in because this one feels more like intimate yeah. and calm. So I think about that in every aspect of my brand and the in real life stuff is really interesting to me. You can tell, I that. can tell just from observing your content, it's mm-hmm. so intentional. Like I want to tell you that it's really intentional. And I just appreciate that you speak about what you navigate and you mm-hmm. help people feel less alone. I think it's you're building such a legacy, too. So I appreciate that. Give you so much credit because I think it's just so inspiring when people use their platforms to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we look at like key areas or like focus areas mm-hmm. that we want to like work on. So, you know, community is one that this year we're, we're trying to do a lot more IRL and create moments for our community to to engage with the brand. We call it like Mayfair URL to IRL is what yeah. we're calling it. I saw it on your sweatshirt. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Cute. Art of Human Connection. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing is just impact. And it's something that we're like weaving, you know, we've since the beginning, we've wanted to continue to make an impact. Mental health advocacy being one of our biggest pillars. And so last year we were able to launch our own therapy fund, which was incredible. Oh my God. So this year we're continuing our partnership with them and we have some exciting things coming up. But it's just like, that kind of stuff is what lights me up and lights the team up mm-hmm. and being able to not only create products and that help people feel less alone and create a ripple effect with messaging that helps people feel less alone, but then to be able to take it one step further and create tools for people to have free access to mental health care. Yeah. That's what I care about. It's you know? very like all encompassing too. Yeah, totally. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's the stuff that like, you know, when that came out, everything else was like, amazing and all the press hits and like everything was incredible but that moment when we launched our own therapy fund I yeah. was I was like crying because that to me was like younger me and younger everyone that grew up navigating depression or anxiety or any mental health illness I was like the fact that like I this is what we're doing with yeah. the brand and this mm-hmm. is what I can say is something that I've done in my life is just like 
I, I don't know. I could die happy after that. Like, yeah. it's literally like something that just means so much to me. It's also like something to put in your toolkit for when you're feeling depression. Like reaching out and helping other people has been yeah. absolutely important for me when it comes to anything mental health wise, because mm -hmm. it makes me not take myself so seriously. So even if I'm going through a depression, I've actually really worked on this where I show up differently just in my head. Mm -hmm. Like if I have depression or if something, I'm going through a depressive kind of episode. Mm -hmm. I don't beat myself up because I do give myself grace, but I'm like, it's just not that serious. Yeah. Like you're just not that serious. Life's not that serious. Just like keep it going. You know, it's yeah. going to go away soon because yes. it does always. Yeah. Don't listen to it. Totally. But what are some other tools that you have in your toolkit for if you're if you're starting to feel a bad day coming on or so something that's really changed my life is is meditation. And okay. I started practicing meditating a year ago. And I've, it's something I do every single day. Okay. And do you for, do it on your own or use an app? Or I what? do it. I do it. I have learned how to do it on my own through okay. like a life coach that I was working with, Jesse Israel. He's amazing. He's mm -hmm. a really great follow too. But now like sometimes I'll do it on my own and sometimes I'll use apps. So like I have the Calm app, like yeah. I'll use, you know, certain, he has great meditations too. So I'll just use like a combination. If I'm like tired, I'll just be like, I'm going to delete one today, you know? So I meditate in the morning and at night and meditation. Both, both times? Yeah, I do. For how long each time? I do usually around 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. And it's, I don't pick up my phone in the morning before I, I literally meditate before I do anything. Okay. I never start my day in, in re reactive mode. Like that's a big no, no for me. So I literally wake up, I meditate. I'll sometimes even go on a walk mm -hmm. and obviously brush my teeth, like do my thing. And then I'll like, look at my phone. I've been really good about just like not starting the day reacting to like what the world wants me to react to, but Taking being in control with yeah, my time. Absolutely. And meditation has given me the ability to step outside my own mind and be able to see emotions without worshiping them mm -hmm. because I used to be consumed by emotion and so many of us are consumed by it. And so meditation is giving me the ability to step outside of that. And so that's something that's really, really changed my life and something that I always, always do. And if I don't do it, like if for any reason I'm traveling and mm -hmm. I, I, I like skip meditations, I can sense myself being anxious or I'm reacting more so or crazy. it just changes my behavior so much. I try to exercise pretty regularly too, mm -hmm. just strictly for my mental health. Like, yeah. of course, it's for my physical body too. But for me, it's like I have to do that in mm -hmm. order to feel good. So I know the things I have to do. I like cut out gluten because I was getting chronic migraines from them, okay. which were contributing to me like going into depressive episodes because yeah. they would last three to four days. So there's oh just like God, three to four days. Yeah. I That's would be like miserable. in the hospital sometimes. It was bad. Oh my God. Yeah. That is, oh, I've had literally one migraine in my entire life oh and I never want to go back. It's horrible. Never and, and we have in my family genetic migraines. So mm -hmm. it's like that was only one source of like a trigger, but there was a ton of other things. But needless to say, like I've learned the things that basically are really healthy coping mechanisms for me between meditation, mm -hmm. exercise, I'll basically like disconnect from any form of tech if I'm having like a down episode yeah. and I'll like either read, get outside, journal, like do do a meditation. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously therapy has been massively helpful for me as well. And then even just the circle of people I spend time with, like mm -hmm. you have no idea how much the people that you engage with every single day play into the narrative that you're, you know, in oh, your absolutely. head, yeah. people like, you know, it's, it's just like, if you're around expansive, optimistic possibility, mm -hmm. people that are like intentional with their time that just like rubs off on you so much versus mm -hmm. if you're with someone that's scarcity, fear-based, 
you know, like insecure. insecure. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying like everybody goes through phases. Obviously, you know, you have to be there through your friends through those phases. But the more intentional you can be around the people you not only mm-hmm. surround yourself physically with and then the people you follow online. It's yeah. Such a big impact on the way that you see the world. I also surround myself. I mean, lately, especially I'm focusing on people that just know me really well. Yeah. And I can tell that means that they give a shit, you know, yeah. who I I'll, I can ask questions to and they'll give me like solid, good advice. Yeah. I've cut so many people out of my life, not permanently, but just kind of removed myself that have made my my body feel physically uncomfortable. Yeah. That happens a lot to me. Like, I feel like my mind might not understand why this person makes me uncomfortable, but my body like mm. always knows. Yeah. And so I've cut people out like that and people that I realized I wouldn't take advice from. Yeah. I kind of just distanced myself, mm-hmm. especially through the breakup and like all of these things in my life that have changed mm. in the last three or four months, I've been like just so protective of myself, honestly, to the point where I feel a little bit bad. But then you have to remember, like, it's it's my life. It's <laughs> you know okay what I mean? To be selfish. Yeah, yeah, it's all right to be selfish. You need to do that. And like, mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you for doing that. Have you heard the term situational friends? Yes. I think it was my therapist like a year ago or something taught me about this because I had like left I forget if it was like through career or like I had like changed, you know, a group of scenery of like people that I thought were friends Mm -hmm. that were really just situational friends, either a relationship, a job, a Mm -hmm. social setting and learn the term situational friends, because essentially you have people that are in your life because of a situation that you are in. Mm -hmm. They are quote unquote friends because of that situation. But you in your mind, I feel like we feel like these people are genuine friends. And then all of a sudden the relationship's gone yeah, or the job is gone. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden those people aren't checking in on you anymore. And it's like really, really hard. And a lot of us take it personally. So yeah. I'm sure you're the same. But in my life now, I know who my real, real friends are. Mm-hmm. And then I also know who like my industry people are. I love them so much. Oh, I compartmentalize like yeah. crazy. And I also... I put a TikTok up about this because it was another episode of like friendship breakups. Mm -hmm. I did a whole episode on that. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that it's not always bad to have situational friends. Like you do need people that you hang out with at work. You need people that you hang out with when you go out or, you know, they're kind of like I call them kind of auxiliary friends, not not like my real friends. And I think it's I can have such a negative connotation. But I I know like my circle of people that I trust and respect they're the fucking best. Yeah. And then I do have people around. I'm not going to just be like, well, if you're not the most perfect, amazing no. friend to me, you cannot speak to me. Exactly. <laughs> but it's good to have both. It's good to compartmentalize. And just but being know, aware. Yeah. Being aware of like, yeah, because I think that's the mistake is like we we assume that those people are like real, real, real friends. And then all of yeah. a sudden we're not working the career that we did. And we're like, wait, why is like mm-hmm. these people aren't checking up on me? And so it's just understanding like the roles that people play in your life and also the role you play in theirs, you yeah. know? And it's like you said, it's totally fine to have those people, but just knowing where yeah. those people stand in your life. Yeah. Because I feel like that's how, like, you know, we we get upset during those life transitions too. It's like all of those emotions become heightened. Oh, yeah. And then you like- And you believe sudden, them all yeah. and then that's the whole thing. Yeah. I will say for me, I am great with chaos and transition mm. and I credit lifelong anxiety and depression mm. for that. Amazing. Because I think that, like you were saying, you can kind of like with meditation, kind of observe yourself. Mm-hmm. I know so many people, even like especially through 2020, especially when there was so much up in the air, you know, life wise, but work wise for so many people. Mm-hmm. So many people got laid off. So many yeah. people got furloughed. Yeah. I had a couple friends and just people I know in my life that really, really had a mental breakdown, mm-hmm. like like many people did. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the first time they had really had any kind of anxiety yeah. around work or dealt with chaos. And for me, I was like, 
I feel like depression could be seen as a red flag. You know, it Mm -hmm. could be seen as someone who you're weak because you're depressed or whatever, Mm -hmm. or you have depression. But for me, it has forced me to take a look at myself from a very young age to the point where I was able to discern my feelings from like reality. Mm -hmm. And I was able to look outside of myself because it forces you to. Yeah. Or else you're going to go insane. Yeah. And you go to therapy for it and all these things. And I'm now at 29. I'm like, I feel very empowered by it. And I Mm -hmm. feel like I can tell when like I do get anxiety or depression. I can be like, all right, Peyton, relax. Like, you know what this is. Yeah. But some people who had not experienced that before when life hits them with something and they get anxiety for the first time or they get depressed for the first time, it feels like the end of the fucking world. Yes. And I thank God every single day, honestly, for my experience with what I've, Mm -hmm. you know, gone through because it truly forced me to kind of like focus on that. And mm-hmm. and now at this age, I feel very established and okay. Yeah. Um, and whenever life throws at me, usually, even if things make me sad, like I'm able to be like, let's face the sadness. Let's yeah. get it together. Let's yeah. wallow in it. Like, yeah. you know, um, and we'll be fine totally. after this. It's going to be a little bit of a wild ride, but it's, yeah. it's given me truly so much. I was thinking about that this week. Yeah. yeah. So much perspective. Yeah. Because again, I had one of my best friends was going through, she got furloughed in 2020 and she was like, I have never experienced this before. She was mm-hmm. really, really low. And I was like, well, explain to me like what you're feeling. Yeah. And she's like talking about, you know, it was classic anxiety turning to depression because yeah. she wasn't working. That was her identity was her job, the whole thing. Sense of self. Yeah. Her whole sense of self. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is depression. Yeah. And this is anxiety. And she's like, fuck this. I yeah. literally hate it here. Yeah. She's like, but it feels so real. I'm like, it is real, but like, it's not like, yeah, you're going to be okay. You just have to kind of like ride the train. Yeah. But I'm really thankful for it. And it's taken me again, 29 years to like Amazing. start looking at it like that. But one thing I wanted to ask you about, because I think depression and anxiety, how we're talking about how it's not, for example, it's not you. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of like fears and limiting beliefs mm-hmm. and doubts that come up in your brain. Mm-hmm. And while you're building a business, because this is something I just very recently touched on, while you're bu- building a business, I feel like it's impossible to not have those doubts and fears mm-hmm. and everything come up. Mm-hmm. But you have to stay on track and not listen to those doubts and everything yeah. like that. Do you have any like tactics for that? Do you do any kind of like positive self-talk? Do you acknowledge when those doubts are coming in? Because a little bit of background info, the way I th- thought about this is when I moved out here at 22, I wrote on a blog mm-hmm. and I was like, I got a degree in political science. I was like so ready to go to law school. And after I had been blogging for a year, I was like, no, this is what I want to do. Like Mm -hmm. I broke down in tears on the phone with my mom being like, this is my, what I'm supposed to do. Like I love to write. I love to share. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not making a lot of money doing this right now, Mm -hmm. but I promise I'm going to move out to LA and I'm going to just hit the ground running. Yeah. So I worked like 18 hours a day. I was like going crazy. People were asking me left and right. What are you going to do if this doesn't work? What Mm -hmm. are you doing with your life? It's 2016. No one knows what's going on. Especially people from Texas where I'm from. Like everyone's like, what the fuck? And my body, my intuition, I knew it was going to work out. Yeah. And I didn't do a lot of the stuff right. I didn't do a lot of clickbaity stuff. I didn't do a lot of like, you know, I knew I wanted to grow a female following. So I posted certain kind of content that got less engagement and less follower or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I knew I was building something. Yeah. But every single day I woke up and I was like scared, like mm-hmm. genuinely so fucking scared mm-hmm. to the point where that motivated me to work more because yeah. I was just constantly grasping at straws, trying to make something work out. Yeah. But my body knew like I wouldn't have moved to L.A. and done all the stuff if I yeah. didn't know that it was going to work out. Yeah though I did have all those doubts and fears and everything like that. Can you speak to that being not only the founder and CEO of a company like Mayfair, but also like obviously now leading a team? Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot that can come up. Oh my gosh. I mean, fear is like, 
I always say it's like the biggest human emotion that is driving everything 99% of the population like it's it's crazy and it's not something it's something we all navigate and it's all it's stifling for everyone Mm -hmm. and it's also something that you interact with and every person that you come in touch with every single day like every person is waking up with their own conditioning pain that they've experienced Mm -hmm. but mostly fear and it's crazy how like that's just creating so many of the conversations and dialect that we're having it's like that's Mm -hmm. what's driving it And so for me, something, again, that has been really, really helpful is that I took this test. It's called positive intelligence. Okay. And it's the saboteurs test. So what it does is it you take it online. It's I think it's like on positiveintelligence.com. It's the the saboteur test, like I said, and it identifies the judges in your mind. So the fear there's I think there's seven of them. Mm -hmm. And one is the hyperachiever. I feel like you will probably (laughs) have that judge. But it's basically... My whole thing right now and what I've been really reading about and really immersing myself in is observing my own mind mm-hmm. and being able through meditation, through reading a lot of books that I've been reading to the ability to step outside of being governed by my mind and imprisoned mm-hmm. by my mind and like be able to be a watcher of my mind. Yes. And it takes so much practice. Like I'm only a year into meditation and I have glimpses of it where I'm mm-hmm. able to be like, that's the voice in my head. That's like not me. I'm watching the voice in my head, you know? Yeah. And the voice in our head is all past conditioning, all pain, all like a trauma. Computer system. It's ego. Yeah. It's like everything that basically, you know, it it loves to cling on to things that we've been hurt by, things that have like, you know, troubled us. And so, yeah, it's like depression just like lives in that all the time. Mm-hmm. And we basically are imprisoned by these own narratives in our head. So the saboteur test essentially identifies your biggest judges. So the things that are basically creating the narrative. So one is like a hyperachiever and that will come up prominently in in the narrative that you have in your head. And so for me, it's like if I can personify them and identify them Mm -hmm. now when I experience either an emotion or a thought that drives back to one of those judges, I'll identify it and be like, oh, that's my hyperachiever. Yes. It's like, like personifying it. Personifying it. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, hey, like, cool. Like, you're here. I know you're watching out for me, but like, I'm good now, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I'm able to almost have this inner dialect of like, I know what that is, mm-hmm. but I'm going to choose the other path because I know what that is. And I even tell people with emotions, like, if you can get to the point where you can even identify emotion. So someone does something and then all of a sudden you feel jealous. Yeah. And you feel jealousy. Like you might get a physical sensation in your body or you might feel it in your head and you want to react. You want to like do something that's like reactive and destructive. But then you stop and you say like, that's envy. Like hi envy, like Mm -hmm. jealousy, I see you, you know, like hi, like I know that feeling, what that is. Then as soon as you identify it, you're able to change your behavior pattern. Yeah. So for me, like with limiting beliefs and fear, I use my like saboteur test and judges to identify what's causing the fear. Mm -hmm. And then I'm able to not go down the road of reacting to the fear. I'm able to change my behavior pattern and be like, cool, that's there. I know that's there. And I can go that route that I always go or Mm -hmm. I can go this way. And like know that that is just something that's in my mind based on conditioning that's trying to protect me, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But really, like, I'm going to go this way and like make this decision. Because it's your choice. It's my choice. Yeah. I think personifying it is huge. There was a TikTok. I've brought it up on um, Note to Self before that kind of changed the way I look at it, too. Mm Because one, I need to go take that test. It's so good. Um, But two, she was saying that she has like intrusive thoughts and Mm -hmm. things like that. This woman, I wish I could remember the TikTok. I don't even think I saved it. But she was saying that to the voice in her head that she hears, she knows it's trying to protect her. Like your ego is trying to protect you because you're afraid. Mm -hmm. So she'll flirt with it. Mm 
Mm. She'll be like, oh, my God, you love me so much. You like <laughs> care about me so much. Yeah. And she's like, I almost make it a joke. And yeah. then I say, like, I'll be fine, though. Like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. But like, thank you so much for helping yeah. me. Almost like giving it gratitude, totally. which I thought was such a funny way. But she's, again, personifying it. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. That's such a good. I mean, meditation, I really need to get into. You would love it, Peyton. I, I just it's one of those things that it's, it's like so hard. The to final piece yeah. of the rest thing yeah. is going to be sitting there. For 10 minutes because I'm doing walking meditations right now. Okay. Which is like basically all I could do. You can do it. I'm like, I will text you too and keep yeah, you accountable please, if you want. Please. But like you can do it. And I wish I would have started years earlier. Mm-hmm. And I was the busiest productive person on this like well, on yeah. the spectrum of busyness. <laughs> yeah. And like I'm telling you, it's it's literally changed my life. Cause like I said, it's given me the ability to notice and understand emotions without worshiping them. Yeah. I would, I would literally let you know, anger or sadness, or it would consume me. It I would, would say take over my it day. It can consume you. Like yeah. I feel things very physically. Physically. So it's hard to not, it's hard sometimes I can tell for people that maybe aren't used to it because now I'm used to it. I can mm-hmm. feel how real that feeling feels. Yeah. And it feels like you just need to run. Yeah. You need, you need to like, you're, you kind of implode. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in my chest, like every emotion wells in my chest, like really heavy yeah. or in my stomach. And I, it feels so real. So I can understand why it's really hard for people to separate it because it just feels, Yeah, I mean, it really is all encompassing. It sometimes. really is. Yeah. So getting, getting out of that pattern is so difficult. Yeah. And it, it's like, totally, it took me forever. I'm yeah. literally 32 and yeah. I just started last year, you know, and I think it's like, yeah, if you can just try and adapt it for like seven days, 10 days, see what happens. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see that you just have so much spaciousness and your ability to like, see thoughts and patterns and be able to be like, okay, like I know this, usually I do this, but I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And I was just going to say to you on just like fear, going back to fear for a second. Mm -hmm. Someone told me once they were like, the fear you don't address becomes the limits you live in. And it's like, you have to befriend the things you fear the most. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's the hardest thing to say as somebody that ran away from the things (laughs) I feared for nine years. So like I get it a hundred percent. But the problems you don't fix literally becomes the house you live in. Yes. Like it's the limits that you live in. Mm-hmm. And so if you can even take one step in the direction of like just doing the test, like I said, of understanding what are the mechanisms behind the things that I fear the most and what are the things that are like driving the narrative in my head so I can just be conscious of them. Yeah. You might not be able to identify them all the time, but even if you identify them like one or two out of the 10 times, like mm-hmm. you're conscious of them. Yeah. And the more that you practice it, like it takes time, you know, well, to, you be to be able- intentional, intentional. You really do. And you really have to work at those things. But like over time, you'll be able to like identify it and then change your behavior. Yeah. And that's the biggest, like most gratifying feeling in the world is not reacting the way your old self would react. Yes. Like, biggest, best feeling in the entire I mean, world. I think most people don't don't get to that point in their lives no, to totally. be even noticing it or fixing it. Totally. One thing I love about Mayfair, because it, it is a concept I connect with a lot, mm-hmm. is we're having all these conversations about, you know, depression, anxiety, mental health things. Mm-hmm. And we can use all the tools. We can we can talk about things that have helped us and how how it does seriously benefit your life. But mm-hmm. there's always a level of like an underlying level of giving yourself grace mm-hmm. for not showing up perfectly yeah. as you work through these things. Yeah. I have grace tattooed on my body. I love it. I also have no fear tattooed on me because I have like certain pillars in my life that I like to live by. And grace is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. So when I get on the mic and I talk about things like this was wrong and this was wrong and these are the tools I'm using and here's how I'm trying to improve. Mm -hmm. I want there always to be a level of, but if you didn't do this today, like Mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I feel like through Mayfair's content, through the product, you can, you have that sense of like, 
we're in this together. It's okay. Here's some tools, but yeah. If you're having a bad day, you can have a bad day too. Totally show up as you are. Like I, I was just talking about this the other day with somebody that we need to have more grace and compassion for mm-hmm. allowing people to show up as they are in that moment. Mm-hmm. It, whether it's a work setting, a personal setting, a dinner with a friend, a date, whatever. Like we have this like obsessiveness as human beings to label people. Like if I meet Peyton one day and I'm like, mm-hmm. God, she's so fucking confident. Like she's the most confident. Then the next day you show up and you're like insecure. Not, I'm like, yeah. in our society, we're like, oh, she's fake. Yeah. Like she, she's that fake. Like she's so show, much. She showed up as confident and now she's insecure. Like she was faking being confident. Yeah. No, we all just experience yeah. this spectrum of emotions. <laughs> yes. And like, I can feel like the most confident person on a Monday and on Tuesday, a lady that's 45 in mm-hmm. Minnesota could comment something on my Instagram, <laughs> yeah. completely irrelevant. And I literally feel like I'm like this small Knocked and crying my eyes out. Yeah. So it's just like, I feel like we need to have more grace and compassion for people showing up as they are mm-hmm. and understand that like, we're such complex human beings that live in duality all the time. Yeah. And like, you can be confident and insecure. Those things can coexist. Like mm-hmm. I can be happy and sad. Like those things can coexist. So I think that's just a huge part of it, too, is just like allowing people in your circles, in your job, in your work, whatever, to show up as they are. Mm -hmm. And it's totally okay if someone just like shows up and is like, guys, I'm really not feeling it today. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm navigating. And I know it's a hard thing to like, but if you hold space for people and allow people to show up like that, we'll see more of these like the the ability to kind of just show up as we are and give people grace for like being a human being. That's what I love. I mean, that's what I like my content to show. Yeah, I think. And I was talking about this with my my friend Iman, who's she works at Real Not Really Strangers. Mm -hmm. We were talking about something that happened over the weekend and she caught herself judging someone. Mm. And she sat there. We were just like watching a movie or something. She goes, you know what? I wish I didn't like automatically judge people. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't think of her in relation to me that like I would, how I would handle the situation is the right way Mm -hmm. and how she's handling it is the wrong way. Right. And we both were just sitting there talking about how we were all, we're constantly making judgments just to like live in the world, Mm -hmm. good or bad judgments. Yeah. But she's like, I want to judge so much less. Mm -hmm. So that's something that like we're kind of working on, which is like, it's cool that she caught herself too while she was doing it. But I wanted to say that depression, much like it gave me the ability to look at myself mm-hmm. as a complex person and also give myself grace and not judge myself and be aware of what's going on in my brain, it gave me so much compassion for other people. Mm. And of course, everyone judges and things like that. But I feel like that's one thing I've done a good job of is noticing people's inconsistencies and not thinking, oh, she's fake, mm-hmm. thinking more like she must have had a really bad day okay. yeah, or something because I've had bad days and yeah. I know how that goes. Yeah. So like you just show up that way. So depression and anything negative in my life, like yeah. anxiety, depression, heartbreak, things like yeah. that have given me like so much compassion. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for that too. No, that's so huge. And that's such good perspective. And I, I again, I feel like when I meet people like you that have navigated so much, like mm-hmm. you see the world so differently because you've seen like the darkest underparts of the world. And I always say that like, we can see like both dark and light and we're able to like, you know, be able to hold space for people that are going through dark phases, light phases. Like we can kind of, you know, hold space and just show empathy to whatever chapter you are in the way that people show up. But, but yeah, no, that's like so huge. And I just think we are human beings. Like we literally at the end of the day, we're all just doing our best. Like Mm -hmm. I show up to peak speaking opportunities all the time. I did a panel the other day for mental health month and I was like, I'm supposed to speak on self-love today. And I woke up not loving myself. Yeah. Today. And that was literally the way I started the panel. And meanwhile, there's like scientists up there like, spe- and I'm just yes. like, 
I feel shit this morning. Mm -hmm. I didn't love myself. I felt insecure as hell. Like I woke up just like not even believing that I'm even qualified to be on this panel. Like we just all have those days and we navigate the spectrum of emotions all the time. So for me, it's just like we're all just doing our best. Well, how freeing is it to be that honest? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Like, you're not nervous about doing something wrong. You're just like, that's why I love having a podcast because I literally get on here and be like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, Yeah, but we'll talk about it. You know, like we're all the teachers and the students, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like I got up there and I was like, even though you guys are like, I'm up here, like, I just want you to know I'm really insecure today and I'm having a hard time loving myself. And it was just like, I think it set the tone for the conversation because I just was like, we're all doing our best. We're all navigating this thing called life. And all we can really do is just like help people feel seen and understood in their own journeys and our journeys. Like, yeah, that's it. You know, well, that so. really reflects and, you know, the community you've built oh, on the Internet. So I think that's yeah. beautiful. Thank you so much. So the end of the episode, yes. we, we do a little note to ourselves okay. again when I remember. Sometimes I just get on the mic and we start talking and then I realize it's an hour later and like I forgot all the, the little segments I'm supposed to do. <laughs> but it's fine. I give myself grace for literally everything. You're killing it. Yeah. We're, we're trying. You're doing it. So do you have a, can you think of it something you might need to hear? Mm. Maybe like a, you're, you're venturing into your higher self moment right now telling yeah. you, Sam, right now, what you need to hear today? My no to self today would be, I always like to remind myself of just the power that I have to redefine the things that I'm doing. So I always, I always like to say like, I don't ever want to run a company or even that, like, that's just one small component of what I want to do with my life. Like I've just, my personal mission is to help people feel seen and understood for who they are. And I truly feel like that's why I was put on this earth is to even go through those things personally, Mm -hmm. to be able to help people feel that. And my brother told me once to change the world, you must first believe in your own power. Mm -hmm. And I remind myself that all the time because I wake up in days I don't feel like I'm capable of doing what I need to do. I always go back to that. Like, Sam, you can do it in the way that only you can do it. Mm -hmm. You can be an anxious leader that shows up and holds space in a meeting, starting it by saying, I had an anxiety attack this morning. This is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And just make everyone in the room feel like it's okay to show up as they are. Yeah. And you, I might not be like any other CEO that's ever ran a company, but I'm going to do it in the way that I'm going to do it mm-hmm. and just show up as me. And so I think my note for me would be to change the world. You must first believe in your own power because yeah. I just need to remind myself that like I'm just doing it the way that I do it. And that's yeah. my power. Well, you're trusting yourself. Yeah. There's a totally. lot. It's hard sometimes. And this happens to me all the time where you, there's like a thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. And then, then there's the thing that you feel like called to do. Mm-hmm. And they don't always mix. Yeah. I re- I remember when I was first building any of my social media stuff, I literally did everything wrong. And everyone's like, you need to do this. You need to do the clickbait. You need to do the YouTube. You need to hang out with these people. And I literally was just like, I'm. I'm not doing that. Like, it just doesn't feel like me. No. So my audience grew so slow. But then there's been things that happen. Like, for example, there's this huge thing my friends think is so funny is Reddit. Yeah. People are so fucking mean on Reddit. Yeah. And especially like in the last couple of months, I I will not check it. I won't go look or creep on it. But yeah. People will DM me like other influencers will DM me and be like, Peyton, what are you doing? Like people on Reddit love you. People get on Reddit to sing your praises. And if wow. one person says something bad, there's like seven people that say like, fuck you. Like we love her, all this stuff, wow. which is absolutely unheard of. Yeah. Like people get eaten alive on Reddit. And yeah. this was, you know, back like a month or so ago, we talked about this, but I credit that, I guess my audience being robust and liking me mm-hmm. and feeling like they should stick up for me or they feel like they really know me because I mm-hmm. share a lot of myself. Mm-hmm. If I had done it everyone else's way, yeah. I would just be another bitch on Reddit being literally ripped to shreds yeah. because 
I don't think it was always authentic, you right. know, to show up that way. Totally. So now when I look back, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Like maybe I don't have 1.2 million followers, but those people are ride or fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> and they're there. But it was only because I did it the way that I wanted to do it. 100%. And Even you get though, to like go to bed at night knowing yeah. that like you've done it your way and mm-hmm. you're staying true and in, in your power and you're authentic to like who you are, which I think is just the best thing in the world. Yes. Like, well, I that's w- why I love Mayfair. I feel like yeah. you get to do that too. You get to sit down and be like, okay, totally. even though this didn't maybe feel like what I should have been doing or what I was supposed yeah. to do, I did it my way. Or even if we like don't have a successful drop, mm-hmm. I like still can go to bed being like, all right, well, we put a cool message out that might resonate with one, a it couple people. Good. Like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I'm selling sweatshirts at the end of the day. It's yeah, really yeah. not that deep. It's you not know? that deep. <laughs> it's not. Nothing is really that deep. A lot of things aren't that deep. Yeah. But like, I, remind even, myself I feel that. like that's so powerful. And like, I just think, again, I love what you put out so much. I and I just that. really sense your authenticity in everything that you do. So I appreciate that. 100%. I think my note for myself this week is to play more take play more seriously because rest of course is important but like I like random activities I like to do random things like tonight I think me and my friend Iman are going to go paint ceramics like a color me mine I was like what can we do that's like fun and just kind of like just not normal like what we normally do and it's not serious and it's also not me laying in my heat healer blanket like (laughs) truly trying to rest like it's like it's something fun and kind of dumb, yeah. you know, I love and that. I feel like I want to be it's easy for me to do that when I'm around my friends and mm-hmm. be like goofy and things like mm-hmm. that. But I want that side of me to come out more. I love it because I had a friend. I asked some of my friends. It was based on a question I got asked on stories. Mm-hmm. I, it said, like, what is something that not many people know about you? So I texted mm-hmm. my three best friends and I was like, hey, what's something people don't know about me? Because I sometimes can't discern yeah. from what I'm putting out to like what yeah. the audience thinks. And all three of them are like, people probably don't know that you're so weird and strange and goofy and just like you just are such a fun time like when we go out and stuff like that I just am giggling the entire time (laughs) but I want to bring that more into my day-to-day life even through work and stuff like that you know because nothing it doesn't need to be that serious no I think like you said inner child time is so fun so important important. like time spent without purpose like Mm playtime. we just were in Malibu all weekend and we like painted drew like that is so literally just like had a whole weekend of just like we had like canvases everywhere Mm -hmm. and we were just like I'm literally cannot paint or draw to like save yeah. my life, but we had the best time just being kids. And like, we were literally at one point I was laughing because when I was younger, I would like, I had brothers and we would play like soccer in the house and like kick this little ball around the kitchen. And I was having such deja vu because I had mm-hmm. my hair braided like I used to. And it's summertime. Wearing, it's like, like all my sweats. Yeah. And we were literally playing soccer in the kitchen and we were like with a bunch of our friends. And yeah. I was just like, this is the stuff that you like you feel so in tune with like who you are and your younger self and just like have that time to just be silly and like mm-hmm. have fun and do all the things. So that's such I'm, a good way to put it. Inner yeah. child work, inner child connecting work. with your inner child. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Time. That's what I'm doing this week. Yay. I'm going to, I'm going to so take it seriously. Um, okay. So tell us where we can find you on social media. If people want to come hang out with you. Well, first follow the Mayfair group. Cause Obviously. that's kind of like, you know, the most important one. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, <laughs> great content on there. And then my personal is just Sam Aberhart. So Sam Aberhart. Awesome. Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. Thank you for coming on yes thank you so much of course thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode you can catch a new episode of note to self every thursday please please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff i always want to hear from you so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec follow note to self on social for all the behind the scenes action and more info about the show at nts by ps on instagram and at note to self pod on tiktok and i'll talk to y'all next week
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.